Welcome to Bravery Trek Run Ashore, a podcast for Bravery Trust in partnership with Content Group. Welcome to another episode of Run Ashore, the podcast that follows this year's route for the Bravery Trust fundraiser, Bravery Trek. I'm Mark Cooper, and thank you for joining me. Today, we resume our journey to better understand 12 locations that are significant to the Royal Australian Navy around Sydney Harbour. Today, we're joined by Captain Victor Policic, who will help us to better understand the history and significance of Chowder Bay. Victor, thanks for joining us today. Oh, thanks for having me. Um, Victor, can you tell us a little bit about your personal background and, and your career? Oh, no, not a problem. Uh, so, um, as you can tell by the name, um, I, I probably wasn't uh, born in Australia, and I wasn't. Um, I'm uh, an immigrant, uh, came to Australia in the early 70s with my uh, parents, um, and uh, they fell in love with the place uh, and decided to stay. Uh, and um, and so I, I led a pretty typical uh, uh, youth uh, growing up uh, and everything. And uh, at some point, just just, and, just on that, Victor, where, where did you grow up? Oh, uh, so oh yes. So uh, when we first came to Australia, we started off in Newcastle, and Dad did the typical thing of working at BHP, like so many immigrants did. Uh, and then uh, they were they were coaxed down to Melbourne uh, because it was apparently the grass was greener on that side. So we went down to Melbourne and uh, and ended up staying there in the southeastern suburbs. Um, as you could, as most of your listeners would appreciate, uh, when, when you had these uh, ethnic, um, uh, uh, these immigrants come to Australia, we tended to stick uh, in with our uh, communities, uh, and uh, and we did that. Uh, had a large involvement with the, uh, the Croatian community in uh, Melbourne. Uh, so um, you know that, that 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 was all great, and but integrated into Australia, which was marvellous. And as you can tell, no accents. So I've been here. Uh, for quite a while. Uh, are you a good soccer player, Victor? I don't know about good, but I gave it a bloody red-hot go, uh, I tell you. Um, uh, I, I did represent Navy for a little while um, when I was a younger man. And, and you know, I'll, I'll be honest, I, I love my AFL, uh, and I translated that into soccer as a goalkeeper, and I terrorised the players on the field uh, because I had no fear. And that's probably why... I can sort of say I was okay. <laughs> and so after the childhood in, in Melbourne, Victor, where did you go from there? Uh, look, you know, uh, so, something said to me, Vic, go and join the Navy. And, um, and uh, you know, I thought, you know, why not? You know, a bit of adventure. Um, uh, the uniforms were pretty good. Top Gun had just been on in the cinemas uh, a year beforehand. So you, you, could, you could sort of paint a picture there. Uh, so I, I, I gave it a go and I got in um, and, uh, and and my adventure started in 1987 and uh, looking you know, I've never looked back. I won't say it was rosy the whole time because I'd be lying if I said that, but there's far more great stuff than there was um, not so great. Um, Travelled ex- extensively throughout uh, Southeast Asia on ships, uh, got to visit the US and India and I even managed to get over to Europe uh, and uh, and uh, the Middle East and Africa as part of my uh, uh, you know work and and the like. So very fortunate in that respect. Um, 
had a typical naval career as a seaman officer, basically learning to drive ships, navigate ships. Uh, then became went into warfare, where I specialised in anti-submarine warfare. As a reward, I was second in command of um, uh, HMAS Knimbla, uh, where we deployed to uh, Bandar Aceh after the 2004 tsunamis and assisted uh, ashore there, uh, uh, and uh, that, that was humbling. Uh, and it was great to know that we were able to represent Australia in helping our neighbours. Mm. The HMAS Canimbla is a fascinating ship, isn't it? I, I seem to recall that it helped to rescue some people off the south coast of New South Wales during the, some of those recent bushfires. Oh, no, that, that, that was uh, actually... Uh, sorry, sorry to correct you here, but that was actually Chules that did the fire oh, rescue. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Chules, Chules. Uh, Canimbla paid off a number of years ago now. Uh, uh, but uh, look, you know, uh, absolutely amazing ship. We had two in the class, uh, Knimbla and Minura, uh, and they proved a concept. They pr proved a capability, and uh, we're reaping the rewards of their service today. Yes. And uh, so what's your current role, Victor? Uh, I, I stopped going to sea and um, uh, after having my command of a patrol boat, and I... I uh, Went down the shore command uh, side of things and, and, and being a staff officer. So I had a two-year stint at uh, Coonawarra in Darwin as the commanding officer. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed it um, and uh, then came back to Canberra uh, because in the Navy all roads lead to Canberra. Um, I had to do my penance there for a few years and, uh, and then had the, uh, the privilege of uh, getting uh, appointed as the commanding officer of uh, HMAS Cuttable uh, here in Sydney. Uh, and I've not looked back, to be honest. Um, uh, it's been a great experience so far. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a year into the job now, and I'm looking forward to the next couple of years that I've got to go. Oh, congratulations, Victor. That sounds like an amazing career with uh, you know such a lovely variety of roles that you've done during that time. Oh, look, you know, that's one of the joys of... Uh, I, well, in my opinion, one of the joys of Navy is, you know, I've got one long career, but so many different experiences and jobs, so there's never a dull day. Yes. And, you know, you, you, you jibe Canberra there, which I'm smiling at, being a Canberra person myself. Um, what sort of role were you doing when you were based here in Canberra, Vic? Look, I've had a number of roles down there. Um, but, you know, st staff officers, you know, the... the, the uh, the bread and butter of uh, the work in Canberra, the people that do all the hard work and uh, and, uh, and and moving forward that way. Uh, I was in uh, capability development uh, in my first stint in Canberra, uh, where I had a, a bit of a hand in uh, in identifying the future need for a, a guided missile destroyer, the Airwolf destroyers. And I understand that you had a bit to do with those as well. Yes, I did. I was um, on the, the industry side of that um, in the, the early years when they were you know, going out um, to do the tendering before the you know, second pass approvals. And then I was working down in Adelaide at the AWD um, headquarters there for, for some years. Oh, right. So, so you came in uh, just shortly after me because I, I took it up to first pass. Oh, right. So... Um, so that's that's right, and then after that, I ended up uh, uh, going um, going to sea in uh, Canimbla. So, uh, but uh, no, look, you know, I've I've done that in Canberra. I've um, 
Uh, I've also worked in a, uh, other project areas uh, in Canberra, uh, which have been very eye-opening. And you know, as, as the, 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 the phrase of the strategic centre that Canberra is, I can really see that, um, having uh, had a number of years there. Uh, it wasn't all just in Canberra, though. I did work at a headquarters joint operations command in Bungendore, uh, just on the, the fringes there, which was quite interesting in a more of an operational uh, role uh, with Maritime Headquarters there, uh, which uh, gave me exposure to a totally different area. And it goes back to my comment of, um, of you know, one long career, but it's been an adventure the whole time with multiple different functions and roles uh, that most uh, environments won't give you. Yes, that's right. So turning to Chowder Bay, Vic, can you tell us a little bit about its location? Oh, yeah, Chowder Bay. You know, I was trying to think of how to describe this for those that may not have, uh, may not be Sydney-siders. And, and, I, and I came up with a great description. So most people know where Taronga Park Zoo is. So if you're heading towards uh, Manly from Taronga Park on the ferry, a couple of bays up from uh, Taronga is where you find Chowder Bay on the northern side of the harbour uh, and landwards, you know, around that Mossman area. Uh, and uh, I think uh, we say it's about five kilometres uh, northeast of uh, the Sydney CBD. So there's a number of different ways to describe where it is. But it's perfectly placed there um, for... for uh, for what it was uh, originally developed for. I do know it was it was way back in 1889 uh, that Chowder Bay was selected uh, for a submarine mining depot uh, because it had nearby fortifications and accommodation. And then they built a, a bunch of other stuff to support that capability. So, uh, so Vic, can you tell us a little bit more about the history of the base? Oh, look, you know, I'll tell you right now... Um, uh, Mark, but uh, this is a learning uh, process for both of us. While I, as the commanding officer of Cuttable and the senior ADF officer for Garden Island, I also have a responsibility for Chowder Bay, I have a responsibility for Spectacle Island, and I have a responsibility for uh, a, a degaussing range which is over towards Shark Island on the other side of the harbour. And believe it or not, I've got another title. I'm the Superintendent of Naval Waters in New South Wales for all waters that belong to the, well, that are controlled by Navy other than in Jarvis Bay. Um, and uh, no one ever told me this before I joined as the commanding officer. I discovered these things uh, and thankfully I understand what I'm responsible for now. You wear many hats. Having Oh, that's right. Uh, thankfully, I've got experts that deal with everything, uh, and uh, they only ever ask me to make decisions, uh, giving me all the right options. So uh, it's good in that respect. But um, uh, the reason why I mention that is um, Chowder Bay, while I'm responsible for its here and now and being concerned about its strategic effect that it delivers, um, I never really... Uh, it didn't even cross my mind to look at the history of Chowder Bay. I'll be, I'll be honest. So um, thank you very much for inviting me onto this podcast to talk about Chowder Bay because it's forced me to understand uh, a little bit more about uh, the, the places that uh, I'm meant to be responsible for. Excellent. So what have you found out? Look, um, 
In those early days, uh, there was a concern about ships getting into Sydney Harbour uh, undetected with no way of defending the harbour. So, um, so what they established was a submarine mining station at uh, Chowder Bay, and it was an advanced form of military technology at the time, and, and it was one of the first, um, first users of electricity to actually be able to detonate, detonate mines on the harbour floor. Um, so, uh, so they used that um, uh, from about 1894, it went operational, but fortunately it was never used in anger. Um, now, subsequently, with the uh, with uh, the reduced risk that was taking place and the development of submarines themselves, uh, it made these minefields relatively redundant, um, and uh, the the whole thing was disbanded in 1992. But that wasn't the end of what happened at uh, Chowder Bay. It was still a military facility. So, what it became next was a depot and barracks for the Royal Australian uh, Engineers. Uh, and they were there until about 1939, where, uh, uh, when it was occupied by the School of Military Engineering, uh, Anti-Aircraft and Fortress Wing, uh, from about 1943, then it became the school's Maritime Transport Wing. So they were operating their LCM-8 landing craft out of there, Quite extensively. Just touch on one thing there, um, Vic. I think you mentioned with the mines, and I'm keen to go back to that. This minefield. I think you said 1992. I'm just reading through my personal notes. I think it was 19, perhaps 1922, when the submarine Sorry, mining yeah. corps. Yeah, because uh, the thought of there being a minefield out over Sydney Harbour <laughs> in the 1970s and 80s is um, well, that had been used to a lot of people. Um, but that's that's fascinating. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry so, about that. No, that's all right. So, <laughs> just to, because I wasn't aware of this at all. So, um, was there a, a a some form of subterranean mining um, minefield there during World War One to try and protect the opening of the harbour during the war? There, there well, there, there was, mm. um, but uh, thankfully they they never had to use it, mm. um, and. Um, yeah, it's a shame. I sort of, uh, you know, having read through some of this material and, and learnt a little bit more about it, I do tend to wonder about if they would have been effective against the midget submarines because one of the submarines was actually attacked right near Chowder Bay. And you sort of think, well, if they had have retained that capability, would there have been a different outcome? Uh, maybe some historian. Yeah, because yeah, because there was the net there, wasn't there, in World War Two, and one of the there was, yeah. one of the three mini subs, I understand, was caught in the net and never actually, you know, made it into the harbour. Correct. Yes. Yeah. So, um, so look, you know, very interesting uh, part of the uh, part of Sydney Harbour um, there at Chatter Bay, and I and I did visit there recently to go for a walk around there and. Um, and I'm absolutely amazed at um, how uh, how it's been redeveloped and it's become a multi-purpose area. There's still a, there's still a fuel installation uh, that's cordoned off for for our military use, uh, but uh, a lot of the older buildings that were there to support the base uh, have been handed over and be, they're used for for industry uh, restaurants. Uh, look pretty good too. Uh, there on right down there, and um, and it's it's a really nice place to go and visit. Mm. 
Can you tell us anything more about the, the history, perhaps some of the recent history of uh, Chowder Bay, Vic? Oh, look, you know, re recently, um, uh, Ch Chowder Bay is a, is a significant uh, capability for our uh, Navy. Um, it, 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 uh, it's used to uh, not replenish our ships, but it's, it's a bulk fuel storage uh, for, for our tankers. Um, and um, and then those tankers or, or smaller vessels will uh, will transfer fuel to to our ships and the like. Uh, so it, it is important. Uh, but interestingly, there are a couple of uh, uh, fuel tanks that are there that have got a heritage value. Um, and um, and uh, what made them interesting is that during the uh, the Second World War. Uh, these tanks were given false roofs to make them resemble adjacent domestic buildings during that period. So, uh, so th it's quite interesting. Uh, yeah, look, you know, I, I must admit, in this journey of Garden Island, Chowder, and so many other places, I'm discovering uh, uh, how uh, how broadly the heritage label can be used, and what becomes heritage and what's not. It's not always anything that's old, uh, you know, it's historical value as well uh, that's significant or unique. So um, it's really interesting to see uh, that uh, these fuel tanks are, are there for that very purpose. Mm. Are there any other interesting facts about the former base that you'd like to share with us, Vic? Uh, look, it did uh, have a, a significant role uh, during the uh, Vietnam War. As I mentioned earlier on, uh, the landing craft were based out of there. What occurred uh, was that they did all of their training and these, these landing craft were then embarked in the troop carrier HMA Sydney uh, and they were used to transport Australian troops to the Vung Tau Harbour uh, during the Vietnam War. Uh, so a, a, a very significant um, uh, role played, played in that respect. Uh, and, uh, you know, I suspect, if I if I remember correctly, and those of you that have watched um, TV and reality TV, I believe that some of the facilities there were used during the uh, the Biggest Loser, as well uh, as the training camp uh, for uh, for the contestants on the show. Um, and I remember watching it, thinking I I've been to a a ball there. And here they were running around uh, doing things that I wouldn't like to be doing myself. <laughs> and uh, and so you, you touched on a moment ago, Vic, about going over there recently and seeing the cafes and things. So is is the base still operational um, or or if not, um, you know, are, are members of the public able to go there and, and visit it? The, uh, the small uh, element of the base, which is uh, directly uh, related to um, the, the fueling installation, uh, is uh, still um, closed to the public. Uh, but the remainder of the base, uh, with, with the support buildings, uh, the old headquarters, um, uh, the, the, that is open to the public. And I, think, I believe there's a bus route that goes down there to help you get there as well. Well, look, thanks once again to Captain Victor Policic for uh, joining us today to chat about Chowder Bay. Uh, I know I've certainly learnt a lot about um, Chowder Bay, as I'm sure that you, our listeners, have as well. If you've enjoyed this episode, please do subscribe to our podcast series on your favourite podcast streaming platform. More episodes are available um, that follow the journey of this year's trek. Uh, but for the moment, please keep working on those kilometres and bye for now. 
You've been listening to Bravery Trek Run Ashore. If you've enjoyed this episode of the podcast, be sure to subscribe to stay up to date with all the latest episodes.